welcome to the Live Well for Longer podcast, the podcast for people who want to learn the art and science of healthy aging and longevity. Join me, Sarah Little, a wellbeing science specialist and positive psychology practitioner, as I share the psychology and behaviors associated with longevity and quality of life. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am so thrilled you are here joining us today because today we're going to be speaking about something very special. Now there is this gorgeous quote by Eleanor Roosevelt and she shares, beautiful young people are accidents of nature but beautiful old people are works of art and I think this captures so wonderfully the podcast in general but also today's episode because today we're going to be discussing the psychological characteristics of the oldest old of centenarians and near centenarians living in the blue zones so this is like their personality traits or their their way of being and internally so it is their personality and it is their personality traits but let me just say one thing your personality is not fixed that means if you want to change your personality you can and today we're going to dive into the importance of your personality and how it affects how you age, how long you live, how well you live. So this is a topic I am deeply, deeply passionate about. And it emerged from my own uh, systematic review. I recently finished my master's in applied positive psychology. And in my master's, I completed a systematic review on the psychological characteristics and behaviors of near centenarians, centenarians, and their families that contribute to healthy aging. So I am not only concerned with how long we can live, but how well we can live. Because really, if you think about it, it's not about the length of your lifespan but it is about the quality of it. Okay, so that systematic review, I am in the process of having it published, getting it published in an academic journal. So keep your eye out for that. If you are into academic journals, maybe you're not. Um, However, I am going to be explaining all of the findings in today and in the next three Uh, podcast episodes so this is how we're kicking off the podcast we are kicking off it with a bang and I must say these lessons are going to change your life why because what I am interested in and what I'm going to be sharing with you in these three first three episodes of the podcast are things that you can do immediately they're things that don't require a lot of Um, how do I say, energy, effort, as well as money. Often people think about longevity and they think, oh, I need so much money. I need so much money to reach that. And there are some wonderful people out there sharing 
some really excellent longevity practices that cost a lot of money. And that's just not that transferable for everybody, right? We can't all uh, be multi-millionaires and spend millions and millions of dollars every year on our health. So these are really important lessons because you can adopt them today. I'm going to give you practical advice for you to go away with and to get up and running with your healthy aging, with not only aging well, but aging powerfully. Now, often it's in our youth and even our middle age years that we sort of run through life blind. We run through life blind, not only with you know, what we're doing, we sort of scatterbrained a lot of us. We'll be overwhelmed and overworked, but also with our health. And for me, I really am concerned with how we can start to incorporate some of these age-friendly, age-powerfully practices into our life now and not wait for, you know, when we're 75, 85, 95 to start incorporating them because the sooner you incorporate them, the happier your telomeres will be, the happier you will be. So really, it's, it's that time before 50, or particularly for women, you know, like myself, it's often before menopause. Unfortunately, or fortunately for me, I've had a lot of health issues over the course of my 30s. So I was acutely aware, and this is why I feel quite qualified to talk about these items, is because I started really quite young, and I've been a life coach in the past for you know, over 20 years. And I started on my, on my personal journey started with coaching and wellness, right? But for a lot of us, we don't sort of think about health, not until something goes wrong. And I don't want you to think like that. I want you to think about your health being preventative and being proactive. And often with our health, we kind of just fall into this trap of living to other people's standards. And we often are just busy moving through life, raising a family, um, earning an income, caring for, you know, uh, often our parents. And we can often put our health on the back seat. It goes on the burner. But often it's when something happens, like a health crisis or when a woman approach menopause, that things begin to shift and they begin to dive deeper into how they're looking after themselves. And I think this is really wonderful. I really would like to draw your attention to the fact that it's never too early to start. And it's also never too late to start aging powerfully, aging well. So if you feel like you've been living a little bit on autopilot the last few years or maybe your entire life, it's okay. You are not behind. You are never, ever behind. It's never too late to begin this journey. And I'm going to be giving you those, these practical tools that you can walk away with, right? And say yes to your health. Yes to aging powerfully. And it's interesting. I actually had a yes year this year, 2023 it is. And I said yes to just about everything. Do you know that Jim Carrey show? Uh, I think is it called Yes Man? And he says yes to everything. And it turns out a bit of a disaster for him, but it also has a lot of wonderful positive 
outcomes. He meets a girl and falls in love with her. Um, I think he learns Chinese. He learns, I think, the ukulele or something like that. But anyway, he says yes to life. And that's what I did this year. And prior to 2023, I said, I am an introvert. I don't socialize. I just, you know, hang out by myself and my small groups of friends. And this year, I was surprised at how much I love socializing. I love extroverting. I love being around people and being around community. And that was one of my big things this year was really to be immersed in a bigger community, to be really building my friendships and nurturing my relationships and my groups and my community. And let me just tell you, you know, if I can do that, my sister, actually, my sister, when I was growing up, called me a hermit. So if I can do that, the hermit, you can change too. So whether you're living um, on autopilot now or whether you're just going through life saying, you know, no to everything or whether you just feel kind of stuck in a routine or a rut, it's not too late. This podcast is going to show you how to make sustainable lasting changes that are good for your health and that are good for your longevity so how that help you to age well so let's dive into what the goal of healthy aging is because generally there's no consensus as to what healthy aging is and that's because a lot of people a lot of researchers and academics they all come from different points of view you know you've got the physiological view you have the psychological view and more often than not when I talk about healthy aging I am not only talking about diet and exercise because often people think oh yes healthy aging I must diet have good have a good diet and exercise you know well and sometimes they'll think about sleep too which is all wonderful but I'm really concerned with your personality and your behaviors because they affect everything. The way you see yourself and the way you see your world are huge. So as I was saying, I saw myself as an introvert and I thought, oh yes, I'm an introvert, so I don't socialize. Well, guess what? That was doing me more harm than good because socializing is really quite wonderful for your mental health. There is no agreed upon definition of healthy aging. And also there's a lot of different terms. So when we're talking about healthy and aging, I'm going to use these terms quite interchangeably. So there's healthy aging, successful aging, positive aging, active aging, optimal aging. I mean, it can get a little bit confusing, but I will try to use the word healthy and positive. But use the word that works well for you, okay? Because this is really important. It's really important to have your own personal emotional connection. And again, aging well is, is subjective. Like this is one of the reasons why that there's no agreed upon definition because we all have our own viewpoint of what it is to age well. But there is some sort of consensus that it is a multidimensional construct. Well-being is quite multidimensional. As I was saying, we have our health in regards to our diet, in regards to our exercise, in regards to our sleep. And so it's really important that we take a holistic approach. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking 20 years ago when I was first um, studying and learning about wellness, 
holistic was one of those sort of woo words, but now it's certainly changed. And I, I love that. I love the fact that science is, you know, changing and evolving and more open to some of these woo concepts. <laughs> I certainly am. So for me personally, I like to see successful aging as something that's holistic. It's multi-dimensional, it's multi-layered, and it incorporates all domains of life. So we, we're talking about social, physical, emotional. I really, really like who who's 2020 definition of healthy aging. Now, who define healthy aging as the process of developing and maintaining the functional ability that enables well-being in older age? So who states that functional ability is about having the capabilities that enable all people to be and do what they have reason to value? That includes a person's ability to meet their basic needs, learn, grow, and make decisions, be mobile, build and maintain relationships, and contribute to society. So it's really important for you to think about what it would mean for you in your own life to age successfully. I know that we all have our own health challenges and we all have our own challenges generally in life. So what is your definition of healthy aging, of aging powerfully, aging gracefully? What is it for you? I think this is really important that you take some time to reflect on this because it is subjective. Now, one of the things I love about aging well is that you don't have to be perfect. So you might have a a chronic condition or some health challenges, and it's okay to have them. You don't have to rid yourself of them because healthy aging goes beyond how you are in your body, what is going on, right? It's also about how you think, how you feel, how you perceive the world around you. You know, if we go back to whose definition, one of the one of the elements was learning and growing and making decisions, right? So even if you're challenged with some health issues, maybe you can still learn and grow and make decisions. So celebrate what you do have and create a powerful aging statement around what it means for you to age powerfully. Okay. So there's a lot we can change and yes, there's a lot that we can't change. As I said in the beginning, you know, aging is not only about diet and exercise, it's also about our mindset. And this is what this episode is all about. So let us dive into now the psychological characteristics, the mindset of centenarians and near centenarians living in the blue zones. Now, firstly, if you're not familiar with the blue zones, The Blue Zones are five locations worldwide, all over the world, which have the highest concentration of centenarians. There's many reasons why this could be, but there's also a lot of studies on their habits and their behaviors and their psychological characteristics. And there are some commonalities with them across the board with these five different locations. Now, one of them is having a resilient mindset. I think this probably surprises a lot of people because we think think of centenarians more as sort of down to earth, but they do have a resilient mindset and often they face adversity 
early in life and they learned early in life how to bounce back from setbacks. And I think this is really important in this complex and ever-changing era that we are living in. We need to learn how to build resiliency and we need to have lots of different channels that enable us to keep building that resiliency. If you think about COVID, when COVID happened, a lot of us sort of retreated to our homes. We didn't reach out. We didn't have the people skills in place or the skills in place to really be resilient and thrive. And so it's really important to have a lot of different coping strategies that build up resilience. And this is what the Blue Zones have. They have a lot of coping strategies that help them to build resilience, such as conversations and gatherings with people they care about, friends, family members. So this is really important to have resilience and to have a lot of different coping strategies that help you to continue to build this resilience. Because we know that challenges in life are going to happen. There's going to be more things like COVID or similar, but that shake us up, that challenge us. And we get to decide whether we shrink or whether we blossom. It is not about the world dictating to us who we are going to be. It's about us dictating to the world who we want to be. And to get to that stage, to have that resilient mindset, you need to have coping strategies in place. You can't go through life on autopilot. You can't move through your life simply hoping that things will be okay when things eventually get bad, right? Hoping that you can draw upon a person or a situation or some financial um, avenue in order to get yourself out of a situation. No, I see our emotions like a bank account the more you put in the more interest you get the more you can draw upon them when times are challenging right can you just imagine if there are two different people and one person has um you know been putting in a lot of coping strategies so she's had has lots of relationships that are very fulfilling she exercises regularly she has good self-talk Now, can you imagine that the other person is quite isolated? They don't go out. They don't have many fulfilling relationships. They always talk negatively to themselves. Now, when something bad happens, the thing is, the person who's going to thrive is going to be the person who has the healthy emotional bank account. So be the person who builds on their emotional bank account, who builds on their resiliency. Because that is one of the things that's going to help you to live a long and prosperous life. The next characteristic that the blue zoners have is optimism. And I think this one is one of those things that you're going, "Uh uh-huh, I already knew this one. And I'm sure you did. (laughs) Because optimism is one of the things that you need to have to help you live a long and happy life. Optimism is not just good in like a Pollyanna-ish way. It actually has a purpose. When you are optimistic, you are more resilient. So we're supporting that resiliency again. And you also have fewer depressive symptoms, right? And you have better health. You think directly impacts how often you get sick. 
right? This is really important. This is so important because you might take your multivitamin, but do you think positively? This is one of the things that I really challenge you to get good at. And you don't have to be always optimistic, but you have to recognize when you're not being optimistic, when a situation is really tugging at you. And if you can, you have to deal with it. Now, the thing with optimism is it can be a little bit challenging, especially if you're not in a good headspace. I know in the past I've been through depression and the last thing I wanted to do was be grateful. So the thing is you have to start small. If you're in a space where you're like, uh, it's a big leap to be like, I'm going to think positively, start small. Instead of saying, I feel grateful for the cup of tea I have, you could say, it feels nice to drink a cup of tea. And to really go slowly with the optimism, to build it up. And then you can start to go, oh, I am so grateful for this body of mine. And then you can build it up bigger and go, I'm so grateful that I have a house, that I have a community which is safe, that I live in, right? And then you can say, you know, I'm so happy today. Things are getting better and better every day. So build it up slowly. Start small and you don't have to say, mm, I'm grateful for something. You can just say it feels good. It feels good to have a tea. It feels good that the sun is out today, right? And then you can slowly build it up to be more optimistic, to be more hopeful. So how can you honor what you have today? Maybe you practice a little bit of gratitude. Maybe you practice being kind to yourself and being, you know, appreciative of your body and what it can do today. So these little things that I'm teaching you, you know, to be appreciative of the tea of your body um, and then to be optimistic about the future and hopeful, it's going to train you to think differently. The more you do it, like a muscle, the more you do it, the more you'll do it, okay? So this is really important. Nothing's going to change outside of yourself to help you to think optimistically. You don't need to have more stuff. There's one of the things about the Blue Zones that this is one of the things that I just love and they don't have a lot of stuff. You don't need heaps of things. You don't need things to be perfect. Look at what is already going well. Every day before I drop my son off at school, I say to him, find three things that you're grateful for today. He'll come back after school and he'll name one or two things, not often three, but I'm training him to be grateful. Hold space for gratitude, hold a space for resiliency and build up those coping skills. So to live well, we need to have the mindset of 100 year olds and the mindset is that of resilience and that of optimism. So start where you are today. Start where you are. You don't need anything else. Start with what you've got. Look for opportunities. Even in struggles, look for opportunities. Now, if you practice these traits, you're going to feel better and you're going to live better. So who is ready to embrace optimism and resilience? I know I am, and I've been practicing this for the last year. And it's definitely changed my life. I feel happier and healthier. And yes, I can bounce back a lot more easy. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Come on over to my new Instagram, 
which is Positive Aging Institute, and share with me there your thoughts on how you're going to embrace resilience and optimism moving forward. Alternatively, you can come over to my personal Instagram, which is Sarah Marie Little. Now, next week's episode is where we're going to be discussing cracking the longevity code, the behaviors of 100-year-olds, so what they do differently. All right, I cannot wait. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful show. Have a connected and kinetic week, my friends, and I will see you in next week's episode. As we conclude this Live Well for Longer podcast episode, we sincerely appreciate your presence on this journey. Your support fuels our mission. So remember to subscribe and leave your thoughts. And if you'd like to download a positive aging manifesto with seven traits to age healthy and happy, then visit positiveaginginstitute.com slash manifesto. Until next time, live a connected and committed life.